Sylvie Dev here of Dev Training Systems and Coach Sylvie and the host of this amazing podcast, Secrets from the Saddle, All Things Cycling Podcast. And as you know, I've got some announcements and I just want to thank everyone for making this 10-week contest amazing. My goal is hit 20,000 downloads. We have hit 30,000 downloads. I am so excited. Thank you so much for making this Um Oh, I, I'm so passionate about sharing this. Please share with more people. Um, and I'm going to work on getting some of these prizes out. Please continue adding reviews. Um, I've seen the ones that I found. And thank you so much for putting such nice words in there. Um, I'll post some on my social. Please follow me on Instagram and the podcast on Instagram. That's where you can find all the episodes. Um, and okay, so... For the next month, what I have going on here is my four-week cycling skills workshop for women. Um, and of course, like I am targeting women because, you know, I'm a woman and women tend to come out and they're just more interested in, in getting the skills and wasting time like me. I hate wasting time. So on if you go to Cycling Skills Pro, you can register for my September four-week workshop. Um, and it's amazing. What you're going to get is uh, I'm going through right now. We have every week I have a workshop. We're going to talk about pedal stroke. Then we're going to go into hills. And then we're going to talk about strength, power, and speed, and then nutrition. And every week... Other than that, I give you homework to go out and try. So drills to that are targeted within the workshop or the webinar. And then we have a Q&A on Tuesday. And so that's where you have the opportunity to come in and ask all the coaching questions and training questions you like, or if you had concerns about the drill, this is your time. And also... I have a Facebook page where I'm putting information and uh, just value in there. So get in this. You don't want to waste any more time. Um, if you're if you're worried about it this summer and you want to be strong this this winter online, this is the workshop for you. So go to cyclingskillspro.com, register today. You're going to get a ton of value and you're going to go into your winter training session a different person. Trust me. Welcome to Secrets from the Saddle podcast. I'm Sylvie Daewoo, your host, fellow cyclist, bike club founder, cycling coach, bike race junkie, just truly super passionate about cycling. My journey with cycling started 20 years ago when I opened a spin studio, started a women's race team, and founded a women's only cycling club called Cycle Fit Chicks. I'm super thrilled to reveal all aspects that make the world of cycling operate. I'm so excited to be able to bring you interesting people from around the world, pro cyclists, recreational cyclists, coaches, event organizers, bike shop owners, everything and everyone you need to know or ever wondered about when it comes to cycling. I know you'll enjoy this episode. All right, everyone, welcome to another amazing episode of Secrets from the Saddle, all things cycling with your host, Sylvie Dow, and this amazing guest coming from the UK, uh, David Bosley. I said that right, did I? Yes. Excellent. All right. And so here's how David and I got connected. 
And I want you guys to go back to these two episodes and you're going to hear his name in both of them. First one is episode number three, um, or no, episode number 26 with the Flames Cycling Club. And we're going to touch on them later on. So I like to call Dave the, like, the connector. And um, the reason why is he connected um, the next person, Joe Friel, with the Flames and they helped each other out or Joe helped them out. And Dave's been helping the cycling team out. So they come from uh, Sierra Leone in Africa now. And so that's how we kind of got connected. I'm like, maybe I should get Dave on the podcast because he's clearly a center for cycling. Now, I didn't know a whole lot about his background until I've got it in front of me, and I'm going to share it with you because he brings a whole different um, aspect to cycling. And before we even get into it, I'm just going to let you know, kids are running around the house. We're full lockdown here in Quebec, and the kids are now being, uh, have school at home, and now they're on break. <laughs> so... If you happen to hear kids, that's just part of the podcast. <laughs> I can't take them out to some extent. All right, so let's get into it. Um, so Dave, this is how his, <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. This one right here. <laughs> All right, so at the age of 35, Dave was shocked. This is part of his <laughs> part of his bio and how we're going to get started in bringing Dave into the picture and sharing his story, how he got into cycling. Okay. So at 35, Dave was shocked to hear his doctor tell him he was becoming obese. He had a self-image that hadn't changed since his teens, seeing himself as slim, fit, and strong. Surely the doctor was crazy, but over the next few weeks, Dave began to see that he no longer recognized who he had become. He was certainly not who he'd been imagining he was. However, the real empathy came soon after when he looked at his five-year-old son, Dave, uh, looking at his five-year-old son, wanted him to be more active, but realized he was sitting, setting an extremely poor example. And I love that Dave is uh, vulnerable about this because I think that a lot of parents, maybe dads, maybe moms, maybe both of you, both parents are kind of feeling that maybe specifically right now. So this goes in Dave, then Dave changed his lifestyle completely. He made that decision, that conscious decision, um, eliminating alcohol, I don't know if I could completely eliminate it, but cutting down. <laughs> um, caffeine, junk food, joining a gym, engaging in a personal trainer. Um, and here's the thing. It took him a couple years to get to where he is now. So that is really important. And he's going to talk about this. Now, at the age of 50, Dave is still getting started. He's starting to get he still getting started to competitive cycling. So this is where the cycling comes in. And, and he's hoping to get to cat three this year. 
So that's kind of where we're going to, Dave has gone into um, adding a whole bunch of things. He's now made fitness his life and we're going to get the whole story. Thank you so much, Dave. Um, and like I said, I call him the connector because he's been connecting people um, together to help. He knows people who need people and um, you'll find that in the cycling world, um, we need connectors like Dave to help athletes get the things that they need to help them move forward. So thank you, Dave, so much for being um, on the Secrets from the Saddle podcast episode. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. It's a, it's a great honor and pleasure to be here. Thanks a lot. So let's go back to that doctor's appointment. Yeah, it was really, uh, it was really fascinating because I, you know, it, I think uh, I've seen it in clients. It can just happen. Like we all know the cliche of, you know, Oh, just one, one bit of cake or, you know, one, one drink or whatever. It's not going to make the difference, but you know, when it, it's day after day and month after month and year after year, of course, you know, the, the, the effect is so slight, it just creeps up on you and you'd never, never see it happening. You never really sort of recognize the change until all of a sudden it's like, bam. Oh, when did that happen? <laughs> um, so, um, and yeah, for me, I guess, you know, probably uh, many parents will feel in that moment where you become a parent, your whole life changes. And so for a few years after that, your life is all about the kids and you don't focus on yourself. And that, that's how it happened for me. And, but then I'm sitting there with my five-year-old son and thinking, yeah, you know, he's not as dynamic as I'd like him to be. He's just sitting around on the sofa. Yeah, I love sitting next to him and cuddling up on the sofa and watching some, uh, you know, some something, you know, entertaining. But but I want him to be fit and healthy. And, you know, there was this disconnect because, like, I, you know, I've got enough. Uh, I've done a bit of personal development and reading and, you know, I'm self-aware enough to, or, you know, intelligent enough to know that kids kids don't do what they what you tell them to do they they tend to do what you do <laughs> mm -hmm. um and you know it goes for a lot of things doesn't it you know if you if you try and tell people to to do something and you're doing something completely different if you don't have the strength to do yourself what you're telling others to do then um you don't really have the credibility mm. um so um yeah, coming after that doctor's appointment, um, you know, it was just like I, it was, it was the, this process of like the scales falling from my eyes and suddenly realizing that, yeah, you know, I'm not, uh, <laughs> I'm not that, you know, that wiry, dynamic, athletic 18 year old. And, you know, I, mm -hmm. I, I really don't like what I'm seeing. But the cool thing is I can do something about it. And um, so that, that, that was the start of my, uh, my journey. So um, to pick up on what you said, I didn't, I did for the, initially I just went full gas. So <laughs> um, like, you know, I just thought, because I knew mm -hmm. that 
I could uh, drink a load of beers or something or drink drink a load of wine and then I could eat a whole pizza and that that was a shock you can eat like a whole large pizza still be hungry you can see on the box that that's like 1500 calories and you're still hungry and that's on top of all the junk you know the crisps chips and you know alcohol and so uh, I just realized I need to stop all the bad habits at least in the short term so for a couple mm -hmm. of years I just quit the alcohol and the caffeine and everything and um, just really uh, went, uh, you know, hell for leather to, to bring about the changes. Um, and I made every mistake in the book because, uh, you know, some people will say, you know, oh, well, you know, I lost uh, 20 kilos in 20 weeks or something. I think a sustainable, a sustainable long-term weight loss is probably, you know, maybe a pound a week or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but I probably should have been able to do it a bit quicker. Um, but yeah, I think what I found on this journey was, you know, the, the real beauty of it was um, I was, and I, I'm fortunate that we have two sons. So I was able to combine my activity with, you know, with fatherhood. Mm -hmm. So taking Alex, my older son, to athletics, taking Tommy to football, and but you know, after the first few months of uh, taking my son Alex to athletics, you know, just this realization that yeah, I can um, sit on the bleachers surfing, you know, playing with my smartphone, or I can I can get out there and help a bit because they need some help, right. and then you know, trying to fit everything in. As you know, being a busy parent, it's like, you know, yeah. driving here, waiting, you know, then trying to fit in your own exercise. It was like, why am I running around and, you know, not, not, not doing what Alex is doing? So I can do the athletics. It looks like fun. So yeah. I got into competition alongside him. And that was such a, such a pleasure. Um, so after a few years, um, I got got fairly good at athletics, ended up um, competing in master's athletics. So what's athletics um, exactly? I was doing... Is this like strongman or... Um, no. What's it, it equivalent was, to in Canada? I was doing 400 meter sprint, 200 oh. and 100. Whoa. So all track and um, okay. all sprint, which is ironic because... Genetically, I think my profile is all sort of slow twitch, but I, I got like to the top 30 um, in my age category in um, Masters Athletics. Um, and, but when I got a county medal alongside Alex, my son, it was actually, uh, that, that wasn't even age cat, um, that, that, that was just, you know, sort of open, you know, sort of seniors events. So that, that was really cool um, because my goal going into that was, I guess I was fighting age. I, I had this, I, as I started to transform my health, I, I set myself this challenge that what if I could actually be faster at age, you know, 40, 42, whatever, yeah. than I ever was as a, as a kid. And it wasn't too high a hurdle because, um, Although I'd done track at school, 
I wasn't brilliant. Um, so I've, uh, my personal best was about 57 seconds in the 400 meters. Um, and I managed to get to about uh, 56 at age 42. Um, so that, that was really cool because yeah, you know, we all know, you know, that there are some things that do change with time, but I developed this philosophy that um, age related decline is only inevitable when you've reached a hundred percent of your potential at a given age. And I think virtually nobody ever does that. <laughs> <laughs> so you can definitely keep on going. Now you yeah. like, I know that hundred, I used to do track in, in high school. I'm like that 400 meters, that's a long sprint. <laughs> I was like, like is, yeah. <laughs> I did 200 hurdles and 100 sprint. And so I was like, yeah. that's my, <laughs> that's where I stopped. <laughs> but you, um, you also mentioned here that you were suffering depression and bipolar. Now, was that a lot before? before you made the decision to get healthy or would you say that that was a factor of where you're sitting in as being un, like unhealthy before you made that health change um i would say it was it was going back quite a long time so you know possibly to my late teens oh okay so, and the bipolar wasn't it wasn't even diagnosed till I was age forty five, so not till after the, you know no the athletics. So all I knew was, and you know I had some other medical stuff going on, like you know sort of uh, from the age of early twenties suffering gout. Now that was yeah. really really weird. It was, it was like when I was super fit and in the army reserves, and uh, it just it was just like I broken my toe without realizing it and um you know on this sort of you know real sort of tough endurance exercise so i have to be you know medevaced out and um nobody could diagnose anything for about three years because gout was like the last thing anybody thought of wow but uh yeah so i'd ended up on all these medications for for that which i felt had also contributed maybe to you know the weight gain in my 30s and mm -hmm. things so that that was another aspect to it that I in you know at age thirty five I was trying to get on top of my health through lifestyle, right? Um, you know, I mean, I I looked on the gout as almost something positive because it's like okay, well, drinking is is you know going to be really bad for me, and <laughs> but it's bad for me anyway. So you know, I can just just got to see the uh, <laughs> see this as an advantage. Because, yeah, right. You know, my my, my, uh, my my genetic predisposition my my you know this affliction whatever you know it means i've got to be sensible <laughs> definitely yeah but also i found on top of um yeah really it was about using um using exercise to augment or support my mental health Right, and that's of course. Been a very important part of it. That's a definitely important part, especially right now. Um, yeah. Everybody can make that decision to uh, make some healthy changes so we just sort of feel naturally happier, <laughs> depending yeah. on where what our situation currently is. Now, would you say so? 
you've made these changes. You've joined up with your son for cycling. Now, how did that come about? How'd you guys get into uh, grabbing up the ride? Because you were in athletics and your son was yeah. doing that kind of alongside you. And then, so where did you pick up the bike? Yeah, so there was a couple of things. I mean, partly, as I alluded to, you know, you can you can challenge this idea of, you know, age-related decline, but you yeah. can't always control it fully. And I did find, um, as I improved in athletics, I was just, just getting these uh, problems with uh, particularly my right knee and okay. um so it was really causing my my performance and my enjoyment to plateau because like half the time i couldn't train because you know i kept causing a flare-up in you know or, oh, okay. you know, the, the big toe due to gout because actually i found i went from one extreme to the other so with the gout it went from being you know sort of partly made worse by poor lifestyle to being largely made worse by a very very athletic lifestyle i found found you can actually trigger it by with you know too much too much acidity due to lactic acid and you know too much pressure on a on vulnerable sort of toe joint with running and right. um, even things like switching caffeine which is good to prevent gout attacks for green tea so it's like positive oh. lifestyle change which sort of backfires on you and you're like Oh, wow. No way, really. <laughs> Making these positive switches and then to suddenly find out they're, they're not they're as not positive. So positive. As <laughs> so, um, wow. Yeah, anyway, that, there was that. And my son was just getting the occasional sort of problem with, um, you know, injury. But I think primarily it was a combination of the 2012 Olympics and we were so inspired by the Team GB, the track cycling. Don't worry and about then... me, Dave. I'm just going to move <laughs> locations. Now everybody's in the kitchen and upstairs is... <laughs> you get a little tour of my basement. Look at that. Doo -doo 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 -doo. Cool. I'm just going to sit in the corner into my office. <laughs> so it's the... Uh... 2012 Olympics followed by we had a, a local um, cycling festival in my hometown and at that we we saw this town center crit racing and uh, Alex oh, cool. got hang out yeah Alex got hang out with the uh, the local team and um, they they let him ride his bike on their rollers and you know we just thought oh this is this is really cool and even though it's obviously at such a relatively low level, it's just like the pro stuff that we, we enjoy on the TV and we, we've got to get into this. Yeah. And we had this holiday in France, in the south of France, and we took our bikes. And every day we would just go out riding along the coast and it was just so fantastic. And um, it just got us, got us, got us hooked. And we, we found we could do sort of 40, 50 miles and then we joined a club. Oh my gosh. So how old was he and how old were you? Um, so this was um, about five years ago. So he oh. was about 13. Oh, what a perfect age for that, right? Yeah. 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 Was so yeah, yeah, that, that was funny because, you know, the first time trial, there was 
Alex on this, you know, little sort of 200 pound Triben uh, bike uh, flailing away and me riding alongside him on a, uh, on a sort of hybrid. Yeah. And <laughs> That's okay. Oh, These are great starter photos, right? Because you, yeah, you yeah. watch it's... where you go and, and like, exactly. Yeah. Who cares? I think, you know, I always think that, you know, if, if they can do well on a bike like that, just imagine what they can do on something that's that's suitable, right? And and more tailored yeah. and and things like that. Yeah. And uh, so that's awesome. So he started at thirteen, and you alongside him, and that's where your both your passions for cycling just exploded because you have a like you guys got into cycling, and um, then. He, your son started competing and you started competing? Yeah, so it probably took a, almost two years for us to get remotely serious in terms of initially, right? we just didn't know where to go. So we would go on a club ride, Yeah. Um, maybe once a week and you know we would do a local loop. And we started to look for competitions, but it was, it was this whole different world and um, so I think in that first following year, we found one or two races. It was, it's called Go Ride. It's um, what British cycling lay on for complete newbies. So, you know, very oh, okay. sort of inclusive, just come along and try it. And, um, mm -hmm. and Alex did that and he like came second or something and won, won five pounds. So that, that was really that, that that really got him uh, you know even more interested and excited yeah but we were really struggling to find support and structure um like and when kind we, of the organization that was organized like i know like in Q in canada each province has kind of like a an org like a, a cycling federation i guess you could say that takes care of everything in that province is it kind of like that in where you are? Yeah. Like in and what I'm talking about is, I guess, the first race we turned up to. So I knew nothing. Alex knew nothing. Oh. But we, we found those race on. And so we turned up and um, said, you know, oh, yeah, you know, he once went uh, in this age category. And, oh, um, yeah, okay. They, 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 well, firstly, we had to sort of ascertain what age category. And then they were like, okay, has he been to gear check? And, oh, gear check, what's that? Oh, <laughs> so okay, I get then, you. The process of... And, and restricted him Yes, to yes, probably, yeah. Okay, uh, got it. Seven <laughs> or something, he was on full standard gearing. Right. Um, and that, that, that's what I mean. You, you know, you get into it without a, the support of a club. And it's just like this whole other world that you've got. You've got oh. no idea how to train, no idea where the races are, when the races are, how to compete. As Alex. <laughs> hey, you got a kid too. <laughs> um, All right, I don't feel so bad. <laughs> Kids so it, streaking it, in the background. It took, um, <laughs> it, took, it took a year or so for us to find any, eventually we then found a local youth team that could oh. sort of offer some support. But it turned into um, 
you know, you sort of turned up and uh, they, they said, yeah, you know, you're, you're very welcome. And um, yeah, um, I, I, I ended up uh, somehow having to manage his team. <laughs> hey, well, so, that's, a, that's, the, that's the only way to do it. Same with me. Yeah. It's like, okay, yeah. uh, where are the races? What do we need to do? What time do we start? <laughs> like, <laughs> do we need to stay overnight? Can we travel there in the morning? Who's racing? Yeah, yeah. So how'd you like that? It was it was cool. I mean, at least then by then we were starting to get some insight into you know the the sort of how to do it, when to do it, where to go, and you know just getting right. some uh, some uh, information because it's it's a daunting or a challenging world as a newbie um, because. Athletics, by comparison, is so straightforward. You just go to your local club and they give you structured training throughout the year and, you know, you, you turn up for your event and you, you do your competition. Um, cycling can be very, very confusing for a novice. <laughs> you know, um, yeah. the equipment, for example. <laughs> uh, so, uh, but yeah, it's been, so it's been a real sort of amazing learning curve. Um, over the over the years but really really exciting and um alex who you just saw behind me yeah he, he, he just took to it really uh really amazingly and he's not the you know he's a, a typical teenager in some ways like right. not very um expressive verbally but somebody asked him uh, i think maybe three years back, like, you know, what is it that you love so much about cycling? And he really surprised himself by saying, um, cycling is where my soul lies. And he's oh. never said anything like that. Mm -hmm. You're like, what? He didn't even know what he meant. <laughs> he just sort of- He never <laughs> said that to me. <laughs> sort of is he, is he still like, around you? Is he still in the room? Uh, just you next like, door. Pull him in and say, okay, what does cycling mean to you? How do you feel about it? <laughs> Get his little testimonial. Yeah. You want me to? Yeah, sure. If you don't. Alex. <laughs> Let's get him in on the conversation. So it's funny. So you show up with Alex and yeah. you're super eager as a parent. And of course, you end up being the, <laughs> the manager. Yeah. It kind of goes, that was head, right? <laughs> like I want yeah, to. So I ended up. Um, so they sent me on a coaching course with British oh. Cycling, and got my coaching qualification. Right. And um, it was a it was a really cool little team. It was set up by this um, Italian guy called um, Flavio Zappi, who is an ex professional. Okay. And. He had moved to Oxford and set up a cafe, but he was like really just really passionate about cycling. So he, he and he, he had really noticed the lack of provision for UK youth cyclists. Mm -hmm. Like in the UK racing scene, it was fine. Right. But he felt that, you know, they should be taken to Europe and, um, and oh. you know, given the opportunities in Europe. And so he had set up uh, a really great cycling <clears throat> club in Oxford and it was supporting his youth development team. Yeah. And um, he's been amazingly successful. Like 
really in terms of enabling um, young riders to develop. So right. he's never, you know, he's never taken his team UCI or anything, but he's had um, a number of riders who have got pro contracts going through okay. his team. So he takes right. them to like the, you know, the top junior or under 23 races oh, okay. uh, where they get by the uh, by the pro teams yeah so well he's a good mentor to do that right because he's been in in the scene he knows yeah. that other level of competition yeah. right oh my gosh alex that's so he got to be part of that he did uh, he came in with, um, <laughs> we're gonna get your testimonial slugging. there alex don't go away yeah <laughs> yeah sure your dad was just saying how much well we'd love to know um how you feel about cycling yeah i mean i think i heard my dad a little bit um <laughs> no yeah, i want to hear what you have to say like how does cycling make you feel when you're on the it's bike like, um, kind of shortly put it's like a Okay, lean in. We need to hear you. Hey, Closer sorry. to the mic. <laughs> Can you hear me all right now? Yes. Yeah, so um, shortly put, cycling is just like a kind of infinite source of happiness. It's like you can't really, you just can't get enough of it, really. Like, it's there and it's there to use. And like, as long as, like, as, long as you use it, you just, you can't really be negative you can't really be sad um it's something that i've really got a deep passion for now and uh mm -hmm. i just i love like every every bit i do with it um it's just so exciting for me i can't it's hard to put into words when i think about it but like when i'm on a bike you just you just like see me cycling past i've just got like a fat grin on my face <laughs> like, it doesn't even have to be about anything it's just like being on the bike in itself is just such mm -hmm. a honor really and it's something that i'm always gonna treasure like and you enjoy the pain don't you yeah oh i absolutely love just like <laughs> pain out of myself it's like you gotta enjoy the pain if you're going where you're going <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's just such um it's so yeah i just can't really be like i can't put it into words it's just such a it's it's a privilege really to ride a bike especially at the kind of level i can and um yeah it's something that i'm always gonna i'm always gonna appreciate having it it's never it's never been like a chore or like something that i felt i've had to do it's always been something that I've wanted to do. And it's, it's just, oh, yeah. That's really important. You're going to make me cry actually, because <laughs> I can feel it. I mean, I'm sure your dad feels it too. Like when you're on the bike and the winds in your, in your face and you're just, you're going fast and you're just going and it just, I feel like a, a wild horse yeah yeah and i just galloping fast or it's like uh the closest we can come to flying isn't it it's just that, that yeah uh, sort of gliding along and the speed that you can it's it's the ultimate 
self-powered sort of movement of a human. Mm -hmm. I love that. Thanks a lot, Alex. Yeah, you know, with pleasure. those, with that passion, that feeling, I mean, it's, you're going to go so much far, so far in cycling because, yeah. you know, like you said, it's not a chore. You just love doing it. Yeah. And like your dad said, you yeah. love the pain. So you're, <laughs> yeah, people call me a bit crazy for that, but yeah, I'll, uh, you know, you're yeah, young. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, it's nice to speak to you. No. Oh, thank you so much for that. No really appreciate it. Yeah. Have a great no day. You too. Thank you. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, oh, he was gonna was he gonna make you cry? He's gonna make me cry. Wow. Yeah. I love that. I love that so much. And to see passion like that in our youth. Mm. Mm, we need more kids like that. Yeah, And I can see, um, I can see why, like, you know, you just dove into all that there is cycling because, you know, the cycling coach, the personal trainer, the, you got all these, uh, certifications that, and now talk about that transition you decided to make to full-time fitness, but I think you're, are you working with his club still or have, are you, or is this something on your own now? Are you still part well, of working with your son or? Yeah. If, if you don't mind, I'll just go back a bit as well. So, yeah, so for sure. I was working, I was working with, um, so firstly, we just love cycling. Yeah. But I, I kind of, you know, I never, I never, I didn't take Alex seriously as a cyclist because, you know, we joined this, he joined this team mm -hmm. and he was not in the same league as the, the other kids because, you know, he was coming from nowhere. He had no experience and, right. you know, no training. And so it's like, you know, oh, you know, great. Alex can learn and he can do some racing and he can enjoy it. And mm -hmm. hopefully at some stage he won't get dropped or lapped or whatever. Right. <laughs> um, and then and i i felt it was a great privilege because some of them were really really good like there was one guy a kid who was alex's age who was in the olympic development academy of gb wow. or we we sort of got him in there but then within a couple of months of getting in he he, he got kicked out because he didn't have the um he didn't have the um, mental ability to keep going it was like he self-sabotaged and basically sort of stopped training he, he achieved it had been a massive life goal for him and he achieved it and then he then he oh. sort of just wow. stopped um, and but at the same time I had managed to get access to a, uh, a walk bike training studio Mm -hmm. um, because I thought it'd be a really cool thing for Alex and myself to do, and um, mm -hmm. and I was just interested to try it. And I I did this ten week course, and you know we got we we only had about half a dozen bikes, so there's myself and Alex and some uh, some paying customers. Um, but over those ten weeks, I saw Alex's uh, threshold go up by like thirty to forty percent. Wow! And suddenly I started to think that's huge. Yeah. Suddenly I started. And at the same time, this other, this other kid was sort of dropping out and suddenly I started to think, well, 
Yeah, maybe Alex <laughs> does have some real potential. Maybe I should take him more seriously, not just think it's all about these other kids because, you know, maybe they're just doing better because they've had more training. Right, yeah. And um, so it was, it was then that, um, you know, we just tried to get more and more structure to Alex's training. Mm -hmm. And then um, I think it was maybe that following year that he got, uh, you know, we set some season goals and they seemed really, really crazy. It was like, you know, um, finish top 10 in the national rankings and, you know, come, you know, top 15 in a national race and, you know, win this, that and the other. And he, he achieved um, almost all of them. He, uh, the only one he missed was um, top 10 in the national rankings, mm -hmm. which again was down to our lack of experience because we, um, we failed to prioritise the national track championships, which, um, oh. so Alex was, in a, you know, he, he started off going to races and getting, getting dropped and lapped. Then he got, got stronger and started winning all the races and um he got in got a you know he, we suddenly found he was top 10 in the national rankings but then um everybody we, we didn't realize every, all the top kids they went to the national track champs for a week in wales and suddenly you know a lot of them had an extra 100 points in the you know that like everybody had leapfrogged him in the national rankings so you know, we could never make up, we could never quite make up those points. They finished like uh, 12th out of, you know, 250, 300 kids. Mm -hmm. But wow. uh, even that, he was so touch and go because uh, we, it was all, it was all, um, all our hopes were pinned on the final race, the final national race of the season. He was in perfect condition. We had managed to borrow a friend's chalet in France to uh, do two weeks uh, training out there, doing um, uh, altitude sort of climbing every day. And um, it had a couple of weeks to get back and, you know, get, uh, so it, it was it was like all perfect. He was feeling really, really strong. He basically cruised the whole race and was um, perfectly positioned in the last, half a lap to, to make his uh, make his attack because all he needed was really a top 10 uh -huh. and uh, somebody rode across his front wheel took him out uh, with half a lap to go oh gosh but it was not only that it was at about um, 50 kilometers an hour and everybody piled into him and oh fuck fudge <laughs> Oh, did he come out okay? Uh, it was about, the, the, this was like, you know, went from, you know, literally, you know, such a, such a high being, you know, being so excited to, and we've got his grandparents, my wife's parents along to watch the race. And then they didn't get to see that part, did they? Well, then we were, you know, we we're waiting for Alex to come in in the first few riders, and then he wasn't there. And then, you know, where are the riders? No <laughs> Alex. So it, it ended up with me starting to run. This was around Brands Hatch Motor Racing Circuit. So I started to run around there and then managed to grab a bike off one of the riders who had been caught up and uh, sort uh -huh. of cycled around there. 
and I sort of saw the ambulance and oh. I'm, he, he was fine, but it was just like, it went from, uh, you know, that sort of, all that expectation to sort of 10 hours in a hospital and literally every bit of his kit was wrecked. <gasps> oh my gosh. That's so, scary. You know, we'd just accumulated all, all the equipment. He had borrowed some uh, some beautiful Envy wheels, mm -hmm. and um, his his frame was broken. The wheels were broken. Every bit of kit had to be sort of cut off or disposed of. Oh my gosh! But how is he? He, he was fine. Um, yeah, I mean, to, well, put it like this, so he was most gutted about the, um, I mean, so he had about 10 hours sort of strapped onto a, a you know, a spinal board, because... Oh, okay, uh, yeah. So he was a bit annoyed about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> we just especially when he was sure. for the bathroom. <laughs> Um, and then, um, he was just really, really annoyed about, you know, missing his goal of, you know, finishing the season in the top 10. Mm -hmm. Uh, so believe it or not, I think it was about three, four days later, we realized there was, there was one other race where he could, if he, if he won it, he could get the points to finish in the top 10. Right. So he started uh, riding again and uh, and went for that, but it was it was with hindsight, it was just totally crazy. Like right, you know, I you don't... his body was probably pretty beat up. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You don't sort of crash that badly, and you know, then just well, so you know, it's good that he got on his do... bike. That's a positive. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But it, yeah. you know, that that's the roller coaster is so much the you know the racing experience. It, mm -hmm. it really is just sort of just when you think things are, are going well, you know, you can suddenly find a uh, you know, yeah, it's like that game of snakes and ladders. You know, <laughs> you, <laughs> oh gosh, ladder, 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 yeah, yeah. great big snake all the way yeah, down. Yeah, I got again, the so. ladder. Yeah. Well, I, I think everybody possibly goes through those snakes and ladders in their career yeah. in sport in general. I can remember racing myself, not crashing, but seeing some serious cratche, cra cra crashes behind me and just yeah. seeing girls like bounce off the, the cement, like on in the corner of my eye and just be like, oh my gosh. Um, I've seen, I've been around some, I've, I've crashed myself by myself, thankfully yeah, <laughs> and survived. Um, but, but not without some good scars that are still kind of, you know, they're almost yeah. gone, but, uh, yeah. but, uh, That's as like a parent, yeah. it's not fun to come up, come up to that kind of scene. I can imagine. I can only yeah. imagine. Yeah. Yeah. 
So how long ago was that, Dave? Oh, that was uh, three years ago. Okay. So how's he, how, how, have, how has he done since? And uh, what's, um, where's, where are both of you guys going with your cycle? Um, so he's done, he's done really great since. Um, he, funnily enough, after that, that, that was pretty much season end. And mm -hmm. then, um, so then he had to get a new bike as well. And um, <laughs> he got his new bike for the next season. And ironically, then um, we, I think it was like almost first race of the next. Yeah, I think it was first race of the next season, which was his first, I think it was his first junior year. And he got into a break and um, it was his fault this time. Uh, one of the one of the guys ahead of him looked back and Alex was uh, must have been half wheeling him a little bit and he when, when this guy looked back he, he went across Alex's front wheel so Alex sort of went over and um, yeah they the rider behind him went straight flipped over onto Alex's uh, frame so it's like his brand new bike, <laughs> which oh, just no. the one that had broken uh, the, the the previous <laughs> September that we we had to get another one. Oh, so it's like, can you put insurance on these things for racing? <laughs> <laughs> I wonder. But uh, and that really after that, his uh, that that was the first time when his experience got really knocked. Uh, his sorry, his confidence got really knocked. Mm. He did a did a race a couple of weeks after that when we managed to get another bike sorted yeah and he was just appalling he was like oh. he was cornering like really really um really badly yeah and it took probably took a couple of months for him to get his confidence back mm -hmm. but it's something i've really noticed about him that it and you can notice it with young riders like when i saw alex doing his first town center grit race he, his cornering was amazing, and but it was just completely natural. And right. part of it was that he didn't have the experience to be afraid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. There yeah. is no fear there, and you're just yeah. riding. And uh, yeah. yeah, very, yeah. Uh, very instinctive, very natural. But uh, yeah, he's he, you know, it, it's been full of ups and downs, and he he spent a summer in Belgium, which was great. Oh. He raced at um, UCI uh, one uh, UCI one point one two point one level, which is basically equivalent to pro team national team. Right. Um, and he was fine at that level. He then got a Belgian team for his second year junior. <gasps> oh, cool! Last year, yeah, and that that was like a dream because mm -hmm. they basically he was one of their headline riders and he had a, a full schedule of um, these top level UCI races um, for 2020. Oh, <laughs> another of those. Oh my God, taken away. We would yeah, have seen you in Canada. We, we, we had no. the we had the car we had the car packed ready oh. to go to this first major European race. And um, then um, the the day before we left, we got the news that it was canceled. Oh my. Everything was canceled after that, which the knock-on effect was, mm -hmm. now he's gone up to under 23 and um, 
he doesn't have any uh, any results to get into it. And half the teams aren't recruiting anyway because right. um, because of COVID and you know because there's so little racing and you know uh, sponsors dropping out. Right. But you know, oh. just uh, you you saw him. You know, he just keeps his chin up and keeps his training up and looks on the bright side. You know, oh, with one should. sport being able to train through. Yeah, you need and to. He's, yeah, he's constantly fitter and stronger. So, um, you know, he's he's, he's, he's ready. Fine. Um, That's um, the thing is to for for um, you know guys like him, even you know, is to to always be ready because you never know when it's gonna when yeah. it's gonna happen, right? Like, might be able to fit in a race somewhere. I mean, even here in Quebec, exactly. Um, there, yeah. All his friends who've got European teams, you know, all their races are now being cancelled and, you know, it looks like UK may be opening up for races. So, and he's got a UK team, so it may be that he's, you know, it works, it works well for him, but yeah. it's just, you know, uh, if life hands you some lemons, you, you make some lemonade. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's like a day-to-day -day thing. What's going to happen yeah. today? It's going to happen tomorrow? Yeah. You got to be ready. Yeah um to uh pack the car like you said and and <laughs> go for go make a race but yeah so are you fully involved in his um uh cycling coaching now like with the team no. or are you yeah. now doing Literally your not at all now stuff? yeah so it was probably two years ago that um I lost the ability to ride with him, so yeah, really? I think it was, it was maybe he he was he was sick a week or so ago, and um, he you know just like a forty-eight hour bug, and he he said after two days he said, uh, oh yeah, I think I'm you know I'm well enough to go and stretch my legs on a little recovery ride now, so. He, I, I thought, oh yeah, an opportunity for me to ride with him. Because <laughs> uh, you know, he's surprised. Hey, Dad, you want to ride with me? <laughs> <laughs> but, but that, that was a mistake. Because um, yeah, he was, uh, you know, e even uh, on a sort of three out of ten, he's, uh, you know, he's, 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 <laughs> he, he's killing me. He was pushing yeah, me really? up the hill to to get a proper workout. But um, yeah, so to answer your question, I. And it, you know, it's been good for our relationship as well for me to hand mm -hmm. over to a pro coach, yeah. um, and you know, let him do his own thing. So he trains on his own. He's got his team, and you know, he's taking responsibility. Mm -hmm. And it's also freed me up to do my own thing, yep. because as a cycling parent, especially when you're a cycling, cycling obsessive like me. <laughs> um, <laughs> You know, you can get a bit too involved, a bit too um, close to it. Yeah. So it's been nice to step back and focus on, yeah, you know, I need to challenge myself and to... Mm -hmm. So I got fit through riding with him and sort of coaching his uh, his team and everything, trying to trying to stay with them. <laughs> and then um, when they, when I was no longer, you know, when they're, at outpacing me which was inevitable um i i i started to 
just uh, dabble with a little racing myself in Cat 4. Oh, I got mm -hmm. track accredited too, did a little oh, uh, cool. track league at Velodrome. Uh, yeah. Again, you know, got to drive him there anyway, so I might yes. as well... Uh, I love it. Abigail More parents should be like that, just proactive about um, yeah. finding the, the nearest gym and going to work out while your kid's working out, or going for a walk or a run or a bike or something. Yeah, but the racing, I mean, it's amazingly competitive. It doesn't matter. Well, I mean, so I'm racing senior. I'm not doing age cat at the moment. So that is really, really tough, you know, just to get any results in, yeah. uh, in cat four <laughs> when you're competing against people in their 20s. But it's yes. kind of cool. Because, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, just to be there is a privilege. And, um, you know, if so, my dream is to get my cat three to get beyond that would be insane. Like, you know, um, it's not going to happen. Um, but yeah, it's it's scary, of course, as well, because yeah. you, you're, you're facing the fact that, um, you know, just a little mistake, and you know, if, if you're lucky, it's just your collarbone and maybe your bike that's broken. <laughs> Um, yes, you know what? I think okay. you're you're right about that because um, uh, I've been dabbling with the thought myself of getting back into racing after seven, eight years. It's been that I have not been competitive on my bike, um, and uh, and I was like, oh yes, I'm so eager to. Uh, train again and, and get into the, the scene again because my kids are kind of coming up they're younger nine and ten and I put them into a kids club and with yeah. the race uh, the women's um, cycling club like I know that there's girls who want to be competitive and I'm like well I've been there you know I've I've seen the scene and I'm able to um, you know take care of them and and just you know lead them through um you know maybe maybe i should get back into being a bit competitive myself and then you know i think you should yeah well i i'm working at, i did a workout this morning for crits and that's kind of where i would go um because i love them so much i love the speed i love yeah. the strategy but here it's been seven years right <laughs> Yeah. So I'm kind of like, nah. Um, and, you know, so I figure if there are any events this year, that would be like just to go in and get my feet wet again. You know, I don't care yeah. how I place. I know exactly where I'm going to place, but I, <laughs> but I need the experience again. Like, yeah, the feeling, the, you know, so. Yeah. I mean, there's always Zwift races, I suppose, but yes. it's just, it's not the same, is it? It's like, well, I haven't you know, jumped really... into there yet. I'm just doing some yeah. training modules. So all the accelerations, like all, you know, um, getting my legs back there and like my ugh, recovery. <laughs> so, but, uh, you know, if nothing happens, there's always Swift on a Tuesday night. But I'm like, I don't yeah. know if I can pull myself inside on the summer. Like, that's just really hard, <laughs> I think. Yeah. 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 But um, so now you've got your own business. You want to finish up with that and tell us a little bit about what you're doing? 
Yeah, sure. So um, again, it's you know, I, I got a bunch of lemons last year when uh, you know COVID affected my employer a bit too much, <laughs> a bit too much. And, uh, so we had lost too much business. So uh, the the, uh, the the boss just uh, decided he was going to sort of uh, sell the company to a competitor, and um, so yeah, I lost my job around August. And oh um, my gosh, okay. Felt sorry for myself for a while, and then um, <laughs> found, found saw I saw an advert for some uh, th this uh, fitness franchise, and mm. it started to really appeal because I had trained as a personal trainer and I'd sort of dabbled in it, but I never saw a way to um, I never saw a way to make a living, a viable living, with my personal trainer and BC. Right. It is tough. Know, coaching because yeah you know i i need my family time i need my evenings and weekends and um mm -hmm. and i need i need therefore I need you cannot with, personal train <laughs> yeah also you know supporting a uh, an aspiring pro cyclist yeah although like alex works and pays everything he can yeah um but yeah that that's you know we 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 potentially we still need to pay to get him onto a you know some teams you have to you know a lot of expense that you have to yeah. cover. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I just uh, I found this franchise and thought that that's fantastic because I can create a real business mm -hmm. and I can help a lot more people. You know, I'm very very passionate about helping people achieve a real life change because I do right. think you know every well most people go through this. You know you. The, the challenge of sacrificing yourself for your kids and then you know you either sort of um don't address the health and you know nev never quite get back your you know your 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 health and fitness mm -hmm. or you know you need somebody to help you and I, I felt i made so many mistakes along the way and it could be so much easier and the, the franchise I found, it was just like, it was all about functional fitness outdoors. Oh, very cool. And it was, so it really appealed to me because, um, yeah, you know, I just felt I could have done that rather than, you know, joining a gym and paying a personal trainer because that, that's what it's all about. It's about moving your body. Yeah. It's about getting outside. And even if you're a cyclist, I, I do think mm -hmm. one the one, um, you know, I can be quite boring about this, but like, I love, you can tell I love cycling. Well, no, I, I can feel where cycling. you're going. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you don't focus on your bone density, on your bone mm -hmm. health, on doing, doing something else, then you're, you know, it's, it's not good because much as our lives can revolve around cycling, if you don't, if you don't focus on, I've had cycling clients who, you know, like I'll get them to jump up and down as like, you know, it's like a <laughs> sort of a sack of coal. Um, so you've got to just focus on general health as well, like range of motion and yeah. um, core strength and flexibility. Just to, you know, whether it's walking, jogging, running, you know, mm -hmm. doing some sort of functional exercise or weights or whatever. Yeah. just to keep your general health and your mm. you know to, to support you better as a cyclist because it's not just 
if you crash, which can happen, mm-hmm. um, and you have really, if you have real issues with bone density, then you know it's 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 not just broken bones; it can be shattered bones, and yeah. you know sort of. So it's just you know we don't want to think about it, but let's just prevent it. Let's stay strong. Mm-hmm mentally physically and you know in a sort of holistic health way and that that's always going to make us better better on the bike too oh my gosh you you know dave you are bang on that's how i feel and that's kind of the route i'm going with my fitness business um you know it's great to be a cyclist and we'll talk about I'll talk about women, you know, it's great to be cycling. Cardio is great, but yeah. let's be honest, you know, um, we lose a lot of muscle if we're not building it. And, um, you, and it, there's a huge need to add the weight bearing exercises with your cycling. And I think a lot of people just think, Oh, I just need to do all this cardio to get weight, lose weight and get fit. And, and everything but it's really like you know you can't cycle all the time um i mean now with swift you can but like still do you yeah. know what i mean like uh, like you know adding um adding those weight bearing exercises a couple times a week is is really really important and That's i'm, thing. I'm yeah, really cool to hear that week. yeah a yeah. couple of hours so if, if you like i can um you know i I'll, i can send you some video of what alex does just like oh, you know, cool. if, uh, because so as an aspiring pro cyclist with one of the best coaches who coached um tom pidcock and um a lot of other sort of uh you know olympic or pro athletes alex has got you know maybe 10 to 15 hours on the bike but he's yeah. also got two hours, so one hour twice a week of core training, and mm. you know that that's all the way through, and um, you know it's 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 really really tough, but it's it's wonderful to see because you know we know that it's not only um, supporting his cycling, it's supporting his general health, his posture. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> And it's bone density. Yeah, posture is a big one, and like just your overall strength, I find on the cycle on the bike. Yeah. But that's so that's awesome. So you've got your franchises. Be military fit. Did you pick that, or is that the franchise name? Yeah, that's the franchise name. Yeah. And of course, you were in the military before, so that fits really well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Oh, okay. So you're. Oh, you do outside stuff. Do you do online yeah. as well? We do, yeah. You have to. You want to touch yeah, and work with more enough, people. Yeah, and I'm going to use that that also as a platform to um, to help Tennessee and the the guys in um, oh. Sierra Leone with um, a little um, training for them. Oh, that's perfect. So let's finish up with yeah. how you found. Uh, Richard Musa in Sierra Leone. So like I said, guys, if you go to episode 26 um, of Flame Cycling Club, you can listen and we talk about Dave or Richard talks about Dave. 
and how Dave found Joe and how Joe helped their club. But how did you find them? Okay, let's finish up with this. How did you find them? Um, it was just through Facebook. So, um, is that, a, tenant is that on news. a Facebook cycling page? <laughs> yeah. Cause that's how yeah, I so found them. <laughs> yeah. I think Tennessee Dixon, he's like the, uh, the club captain. Oh, Tennessee. He, yeah. He had posted on some pages and I just got chatting with him and, um, I started supporting, you know, supporting him the best I could. And to cut a long story short, I've got, um, so they've got this tour coming up called the Tour de Lunsar. And that, that's in, um, I think, about 10 days. So it's a three-day tour. Ooh. And it's now being sponsored by Science in Sport, who I, I helped to organize a deal with them. Oh I've God. got um, some cycle computers going out from uh, Wahoo. Wow. Um, which is going to really change their game alongside yes. the books that uh, I arranged for Joe to send to them. Um, and it's just really cool because if I think there was an article, uh, maybe it was in Rouleur or something, if you Google um, Tour de Lunsar, and it's just amazing. This is like a, their national race, but you've got like the... Um, the that maybe the race director will be in a sort of clapped out old taxi and you know, <laughs> is uh, you know two guys on a moped with you know half a dozen wheels sort of tied yeah. to their back and yeah yeah you know it's 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 sobering because it shouldn't be that way but it, it's inspiring as well because you know you're seeing people with nothing right improvising to you know to to do their best approximation of you know a, a pro tour race and you can see you know in the future these countries are going to be producing really top athletes because they've oh my got gosh the passion. Yeah. yeah there's a lot of um i don't know uh well, i would say that like there's a lot of uh hidden gems i would say in in uh in like in athletes in yeah. like you said like third world countries like they're just like and and the passion you said um way hold on okay so i'll make sure our recording's still going um i can see i can see that being so that's great so are you gonna help them understand the numbers or now that they've got bike computers or is it more of a training tool? Well, I guess. Uh, yeah, it, it'll, it's going to be a sort of, so initially they can only work with, um, with you know, to heart rate. They don't have um, any power meters or anything, but. Um, but cadence like and first, speed and things like exactly. that. Exactly. It's their yeah. first opportunity to move from totally un, uninformed training, you know, just go out and ride and, you know, right. maybe, maybe you can track your ride with Strava or something, but you know, right. now they can see their speed and they can see their zone. And um, with Joe's books, you know, they can start to put in place a training protocol, you know, we can help them develop a, a training plan. Mm -hmm. So it's really exciting because, um, you know, they deserve it. Um, it's tough enough, as I've discovered, you know, for a, a young athlete in the UK, <laughs> to uh to try and make it in cycling but by comparison you know alex yeah. is so so blessed so fortunate these guys 
but they told me about tying tubes, which I still can't get my head around. It's like when you get a flat and you get, you get uh, like some dried grass from the side of the road and you tie it around the tube either side of the flat to get you home. Because, I've heard, you know, of, they, people, they, they I've heard of people stuffing their to their tires with with like uh, grass and leaves and stuff like that to get home just to keep it inflated enough yeah. so it doesn't wreck your rim. But <laughs> I yeah. heard that. But that was more mountain biking because um, yeah. really, like you've got to get yourself home off the trail. But. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'd have to ask them to send us a little video on that. But so this is amazing, Dave. I just want to thank you. Like uh, we might have to come back and, and revisit that whole, maybe even get you and Richard and or Tennessee like on here and do a little round table of what's been going on. That would be kind of cool. Yeah, that'd be great. And grab, maybe Joe can get in on it too. Yeah. You see how our internet works from like <laughs> straight across the globe, Africa, UK, <laughs> whereas yeah. he's in Arizona, me and Canada. <laughs> see if we can make it happen. But I want to thank you so much. And I want to thank our listeners for tuning into this episode. And uh, don't forget to put your notifications on and uh, make sure that you give us a review because Dave and I would love a review and five stars, right, Dave? We deserve five stars. Oh, at least, yeah. At least. And let us know what your biggest takeaway was um, with this episode. So with that, have an amazing day. And truly, um, I hope you're enjoying these episodes and we'll see you on the next one. Thanks, Dave. Thank you. Thank you so much for spending this time with me on the Secrets from the Saddle podcast, learning more about sighting people, places, and things that make cycling such an exciting sport. I am so glad you stopped by today. Please leave me a review if you feel so moved to do so. I would love to hear your feedback. And if you could take one second to share this episode with someone you think would enjoy it, I would be forever grateful. Also, if you could please leave me a review if you feel so moved by going to iTunes and leaving me an honest thought and an honest comment telling me what you think and most importantly, tell me what you'd like to hear more of. It would really help me to bring more great, inspiring cycling stories to you. Until then, have an amazing day. Make sure you ride your bike. And don't forget to visit my YouTube channel if you'd like to see the full version of this podcast live.